0: Radiation damage to biological samples, still a pertinent issue. An article by Elspeth Garman and Martin Weig from University of Oxford, Oxford, United Kingdom, Institute Biologie Structural, Grenoble, France. Journal of Synchrotron Radiation, 2021. An understanding of radiation damage effects suffered by biological samples during structure analysis using both X-ray and electrons is pivotal to obtain reliable molecular models of imaged molecules. The special issue of radiation damage contains six papers reporting analysis of damage from a range of biophysical imaging techniques. For X-ray diffraction, an in-depth study of multi-crystal small wedge data collection single wavelength anomalous dispersion phasing protocols is presented. Concluding that an observed dose of 5MGY per crystal was optimal to allow reliable phasing. For small angle x-ray scattering experiments are reported that evaluate efficacy of three radical scavengers using a protein designed to give a clear signature of damage in a form of a large conformational change upon the breakage of a disulfide bond. The use of X-rays to induce hydroxyl radicals from the radiolysis of water for X-ray footprinting are covered in two papers. In the first new developments and the data collection pipeline at the NSLS, two high-throughput dedicated synchrotron beamline are described, and in the second, the X ray induced changes in three different proteins and aerobic and low oxygen conditions are investigated and correlated with the absorbed dose. Studies in X field science are represented by a report on simulations of ultrafast dynamics and protic ionic liquids. And lastly, a broad coverage of possible methods for dose efficiency improvements in modalities using electrons is presented. His papers, as well as a brief synopsis of some other relevant literature published since the last journal of Synchrotron Radiation special issue on radiation damage in 2019, are summarized below. Radiation damage remains one of the critical bottlenecks in the imaging of biological samples with X-ray and with electron beams and manifest in both global degradation of signal with time and also specific structure effects. X-ray sources used for diffraction measurements are producing ever higher flux densities, such as the recently commissioned extremely bright source EBS at the ESRF in Grenoble. Moreover, the explosion in the number of cryo electron microscopy molecular structure models now being deposited has focused the attention of more researchers on the effects of radiation damage inflicted during the measurements. There is already a substantial body of literature addressing various aspects of the radiation damage phenomena, which together provide a collected resource to researchers interested in the topic. In this special issue of the Journal of Synchrotron Radiation, there are six papers covering considerations of radiation damage effects and mitigation strategies in a wider range of biophysical imaging methods than previously presented in the above-mentioned collection of workshop papers. These include aspects of sample degradation in macromolecular crystallography MX, small angle X-ray scattering Sachs, X-ray footprinting mass spectrometry (XfMS), and cryoelectromicroscopy cryo-EM. In all cases, the focus is on finding strategies to mitigate the effects of absorbed dose. Dose is the preferred metric against which to monitor diffraction fading, increases in scaling B factors, mosaicity, and unit cell parameters, as well as the specific structure damage suffered by the biological molecule under investigation, including hardening atomic B factors in the final refined model. Typically. The value of those in an experiment cannot be measured, but can only be estimated from the particular beam conditions and sample constitutions. So the reliable characterization of the required parameters is important to be able to compare measurements taken under varying data collection protocols at different sites. Collecting X-ray crystallographic data from tiny macromolecular crystals is becoming more and more widespread Thanks to increasingly intense synchrotron microfocus beamlines, and is facilitated by dedicated programs such as the Automatic System for High Throughput Structure Analysis ZOO. The latter supports small wedge synchrotron crystallography SWSX, that consists of collecting small wedge sub datasets from a multitude of microcrystals mounted in a cryo loop. They are then merged into full dataset. In this issue, Hirata and co-workers systematically address the effect of absorbed dose on SWS extraction elimination. In particular, they aimed to determine the optimal dose for sulfur-SAT, S-SAT facing. More than 400 small wedge sub-datasets were collected at 100 Kelvin from densely packed lysozyme crystals at five different doses and three different wavelengths. And the success of SAT phasing was monitored by calculating map correlation coefficients. CCMAP. At all three wavelengths, CC map was higher than five mg, implying that an optimal balance between diffraction density and radiation damage had been reached this optimum dose value is in line with the point of diminishing returns, about 3 mG, for as set facing, above which radiation-induced deterioration of data quality outweighs the gain in the data quality arising from increased multiplicity. Progress in observing and understanding X-ray radiation damage at 100 Kelvin has also been reported in some other publications since the last GSR radiation damage special issue. These include a re-examination of the resolution and dose dependence of global damage. Using data sets collected by other researchers from three different proteins, they suggest that these refractive intensity decays can be explained by assuming a local exponential dependence on dose with a scattering vector Q dependence of D half, the dose required to halve the the fraction density of D half Q equal 1 to Q to the power of alpha where alpha equal 1.7. Factors affecting specific damage to particular amino acids have been investigated by Bhattacharya and co-workers who sought to explain differential radiation sensitivity of disulfide bonds observed in six different proteins. They found that there was a correlation in the rate of damage and the proximity of the disulfide bond to carbonyl oxygen atoms, which lie along the direction of the disulfide bond vector. They postulated the electron is favoured along this route, resulting in a higher probability of disulfide bond damage than if there is no nearby aligned carbonyl oxygen. The experimental observations were complemented by density functional theory calculations using B3LYP functional and a relatively flexible g J basis set. Differential radiation sensitivity is also exhibited by the active sites in different monomers of a homotetrameric large-sized subunit catalase enzyme. This catalase causes Disproportionation of hydrogen peroxide into molecular oxygen and two water molecules. The catalytic pathway involves the formation of an oxidized compound by reaction with the first H2O2 molecule, where the ferric resting state is converted to an oxyferrile intermediate. It is then reduced by a second H2O2 molecule back in the constituent heme in the ferric state. The reduction of the first compound formed was monitored using both offline and online UV-Vis microspectrophotometry on crystals during X-ray irradiation, combined with structured illumination at five absorbed doses. The researchers found that different members of the catalase tetramer were affected at varying rates and suggest possible explanation of their observations. A robust and general explanation of the differential effects experienced by radiated metals in various chemical groups is still lacking and remains a challenge for MX radiation damage research. Over the last few years, room temperature crystallography has required momentum at synchrotrons largely owing to the adoption of serial data collection strategies developed at X-ray free electron lasers XFEL in serial synchrotron crystallography SSX radiation damage is reduced but not eliminated by distributing the total dose of thousands of microcrystals the total dose per data set can be as low as 20 11 or five To study global and specific radiation damage at room temperature, SSX has recently been used to collect a series of 40 data sets with finely sliced increasing dose increments at a dose rate of 40 milligrays per second on egg, white lysozyme HEWL microcrystals. Specific damage to disulfide bonds was observed, apparently running backwards with those above 0.5 mG, a predicted fact that can be explained by hole burning by the intense beam center. De La Mola and others conclude that it's advisable not to exceed 0.38 mG and 0.08 mG in room temperature, SSX experiments if global damage and specific damage to disulfide bonds are to be minimized respectively. From advances in both sample delivery and software methodology the development of generally applicable serial femtosecond crystallography SFX data collection protocols has resulted in the collection of some notable damage-free structures of chromophore-containing proteins at XFEL sources of the last two years. These include a phytochrome photosensory model GAF domain, which showed severe structural radiation damage to the chromophore in synchrotron cryo-MX structures and was room temperature structure solution by SFX. Now paves the way for radiation damage-free structure determination of photoconversion intermediates of that model. Another example is the SFX structure solution of a soluble methane monoxygenase-hydrolase complex with its regulatory component in its fully oxidized and its fully reduced states. Structure solution of these radiation-sensitive metalloprotein in its fully oxidized state has not been possible at synchrotron sources due to X-ray-induced photoreduction. Srinivas and others employed iron K-alpha X-ray emission spectroscopy concomitant with SFX data collection to identify the redox state of the oxidized, resting state, and the chemically reduced state. Yet, another example is the radiation damage-free SFX structure determination of radiation-sensitive compound 2 intermediates into peroxidases. Iron-oxygen bond lengths could be accurately determined and compared, including with those obtained from multi crystal synchroton and neutron structures. SFX has also been used to determine pristine structures of a compound when intermediate in another peroxidase. However, the potential for radiation damage artefacts in SFX structures needs to be understood and progress towards this, and has been made by Schlichting group and colleagues. They carried out a systematic analysis of a number of damage indicators, including the length of the disulfide bonds in thaumatin, and a gadolinium derivative of lysozyme as a function of the delay time between pairs of 15-50 femtosecond long Xfel pump and Xf. EL Pro pulses with energies just below and just above the iron K at, at 7.112 kilo electron volts respectively. A thin iron foil over the front of the detector blocked the X-ray signal from the pump pulse. The range of time delay investigated in 15 20 femtosecond steps was zero. To 100 femtosecond, during which time all the disulfide bond lengths increased approximately linearly from just above 2 Armstrong to around 3.6 Armstrong. The observed variation in bond length increase among the different bonds was attributed to the influence of their particular local environment within the protein. Simulations of the dynamics of the ions produced by X. FEL beam using two different methods were reported in the same paper and were able to reproduce the trends of the experimental data. Thus, in order to obtain radiation damage-free XEFEL structures, the use of as short pulses as feasible is advisable. In XFEL experiments, most of the doses thus far estimating the literature do not represent the true situation in the experiment since they do not include any time resolution. The fraction process is much faster than most of the processes contributing to the dose including that of photoelectron PE energy loss in the crystal. To address this challenge, the software program Radose XEFAL has been developed to include a timestamp And thus time resolution for every interaction which contributes to the absorbed dose. It has been suggested that damage would be observed in SFX structures when one ionization per atom had occurred at a dose of around 400 mG. This was calculated to the dose at which the number of free electrons in average protein equals the number of atoms by the end of an Xfel pulse, the time-resolved radose Xfel simulations using all the relevant experimental parameters can be compared to this yardstick in order to predict when damage might be expected to occur at Xfel sources. With the program, the authors investigated those in all atom as a function of pulse length and importantly demonstrated that time resolved calculations for short pulses resulted in doses that were over 10 times lower than if the dose calculations were not time resolved these recent experimental and computational reports on radiation damage to biological macromolecules at XFELs are complemented in this issue by the results of simulations of the ultrafast dynamics and ionic liquids initiated and probed by XFEL pulses. The hybrid simulations, which are reported, capture ionization dynamics by plasma simulations and describe atomic motions by molecular dynamics simulations for a range of photon energies and beam intensities. In terms of recent MX experiments to investigate the possibilities for extending crystal lifetimes, A study by Storm and others tested the suggestions made by Neve and Hill 16 years ago that if the crystal were small enough, the primary PE would have a finite probability of existing the crystal before it has lost all its energy, thus reducing the absorbed tools by retaining the same diffraction density. At higher incident X-ray energy, the PEs are ejected with great energy and thus have a bigger probability of escaping the crystal. Storm and others used a Pilatus cadmium Telluride 2M detector and both small and larger cryo-cooled lysozyme crystals to collect at five wedges of theta from 100 crystals at incident energies of 13.5 and twenty point one kiloelectron volt. They found that d half was higher both for small crystals and higher energies. For these small crystals d half was sixty six percent higher at twenty point one kilo electron volt than at thirteen point five kiloelectron volt if the cal- those calculations did not take PA escaped into account per grid well if it was radose 3D, can now compute both such doses. Complementing this experimental validation, recent Monte Carlo simulations, which included the quantum efficiency characteristics of the Detrix cadmium telluride detector, concluded that an incident energy of 26 Kilo should be an optimum or sweet spot to gain the maximum benefit from PESK diffraction efficiency was analyzed for different crystal sizes and incident energies to judge the potential advances of increasing PE escape. It should be noted that taking advantage of these effects relies heavily on the being minimum buffer around the crystal as otherwise as many PEs can enter the sample from the irradiated buffer as can escape from the crystal. Sex measurements usually carried out at room temperature are now a versatile complementary tool for determining macromolecular envelopes and the kinetics of protein-protein interactions. Several groups have previously investigated the use of radical scavengers to prolong the lifetime of samples in room temperature sex experiments. Recently, for instance, 5-methyluridine, cytodine, cytosine, and uridine when tested and found to increase the critical dose by up to 20 times. In this issue, Stachowski and others report such a study, but unusually they utilize for the measurements of protein which has been engineered to undergo a large-scale conformational change when a particular disulfide bond is reduced by the X-ray beam. Making it excusably sensitive signal for damage. Sodium nitrate, cysteine, and ascorbic acid at seven concentrations between 15 nanomolar and 50 millimolar were tested for their efficacy in quenching disulfide bond breakage, as shown by fits to the SAX data. Sodium nitrate was found to be the most effective inhibiting disulfide bond cleavage. At 500 micromolar, whereas it required 5 millimolar cysteine to achieve this, the optimal concentration of ascorbic acid was 5 millimolar, but could only inhibit fragmentation by around 75% after an absorbed dose of 792 gray under the conditions employed. Those estimation was carried out with a Rado's 3D adapter. For use with sex data collection protocols, Stakovsky and others' results can be understood by considering the solvated electron rate constants for each scavenger, since their effectiveness mirrors this property. The authors point out that the engineered protein could also be useful for testing scavengers in MX by monitoring the disulfide radical anion signal at 400 nanometer with a uvis micro spectrophotometer from solutions of protein with and without scavenger. In MX a large range of small molecule compounds have already been tested at both room temperature and hundred Kelvin, including the three used above. Although the reported efficacy results show more discrepancies between different researchers. Another protein characterization method that is now well established on at least two synchrotron beamlines but has not been described in the GSR radiation damage special issues before is that of X-ray footprinting a broad bandwidth X-ray beam is used to induce water radiolysis and dilute occurs room temperature samples of protein and nucleic acid dissolves in millimetre concentrations of virus buffers and the hydroxyl radicals. so produced react with solvent accessible sites resulting in oxidative covalent modifications to the sample molecule. The fragments of the sample are the analyzed bulger electrophoresis or liquid chromatography mask spectrometry to identify the points of modification, thereby allowing the susceptible regions of the protein or nucleic acid to be inferred. The method can give information on the dynamics of macromolecular folding, as well as on protein-protein and protein-ligand interactions, and its applicability and Contributions to structure biology have recently been reviewed by Chance and others. To determine the X-ray dose, dose-response curves are collected prior to detailed data collection, but it should be noted that the dose in the XF field conventionally refers to the level of hydroxyl production, rather than being the absorbed dose, as in MX and SACS. However, the number of hydroxyl available for food printing depends critically on the scavenging properties of the buffer which is employed, so that similar absorbed doses can result in very different experimental outcomes. Typically, the sample solutions are oxygenated prior to radiation, since dissolved molecular oxygen is necessary for most of the hydroxyl-mediated modifications they are typically observed. Two papers in this issue describe different aspects of XF data collection. Firstly, Jane and others present a detailed description of the new high-throughput XF beamline at NSLS-2, which supplies X-rays to two end stations. One of these can provide smaller, high-flux density pink beams for radiation, of capillary fluid samples, producing very high hydroxyl concentrations with microsecond X-ray exposures, even in samples which have intrinsic scavenging ability. The second end station supplies a defocused larger beam with lower flux density for radiating small proteins. The various beamline components, sample delivery methodology, and data collection protocols are covered in detail. Also described are experiments to probe the effect on the level of hydroxyl production when using 26 different reagents often used in sample buffers as an indicator of hydroxyl presence in the solutions. The authors use the alexa488 fluorophore hydroxyl, though which report a molecule whose fluorescence is destroyed by hydroxyl, and so hydroxyl levels can be correlated to utilize exposure time and X-ray flux. In the work reported here, the virus buffers showed a range of responses. These results should allow better optimization experimental practice, since the effects of the buffer on the irradiation necessary for successful outcomes is now more fully characterized. As mentioned above, XF measurements are usually carried out on aerobic solutions in order to enhance the apparent hydroxyl reaction rates. In the second contribution of XF to this special issue, Kristensen and others described experiments designed to investigate the effect of different oxygen concentrations on the extent of damage inflicted on the different protein solutions cytochrome C, myoglobulin, and lysozyme, and compare this with the damage in irritate solutions. They also tested these samples under the more usual irritate conditions at different protein concentrations and found the higher concentration decrease the oxidative modification rate, thus bestowing a protecting effect on the protein. At high absorbed doses normally used in XF experiments for both the aerated and low oxygen content solutions, they observed the formation of covalently linked higher molecular weight oligomers. The rate of side chain modification in the aerobic samples was higher than in those with low oxygen content, and some modifications were observed in the latter samples. Notably, for the first time in XF, these authors estimate the absorbed doses in the experiments using red dose 3D, as well as the more usual hydroxyl dose. Radiation damage effects are also an important consideration and have long been a concern in cryo experiments. 3M researchers have traditionally used electrons unit area, Armstrong square, as their x axis metric against which to plot radiation damage observables. However, a very recent paper has outlined the advantages of moving to the use of those in units of grey for electron microscopy, and has detailed the necessary conversion factors for achieving this major change in the field. It will thus be interesting to see if there is widespread absorption of this strong recommendation. In the single particle cryo imaging of Photosystem 2 at 1.95 Armstrong resolution, observations of specific structure changes have been reported in regions affected by the radiation induced alteration in redox states. The authors found the were able to minimize the damage by reducing the dosage from to fifty to two frames. In electron diffraction AD from micro crystals microED at hundred Kelvin, there has also been a demonstration of the use of specific structure damage to phase A7 amino acid peptide from a single zinc atom. This atom was located in a different Patterson Derived from two datasets, the first being collected with an average incident fluence of 0.17 electron per Armstrong, and the second after exposure of 0.5 electron per Armstrong. In a paper of this special issue, Zhang and others collect and summarize the possible options for improving the dose efficiency in single particle cryoEM giving a comprehensive overview of the current status of their development. Five different modalities are described, explained and compared. Laser phase plates, multipass transmission electron microscopy, off-axis holography, tachography, a computational imaging technique, and quantum sorters, all of which may have the potential for increasing the signal obtained for a given dose experimental parameters discussed include illumination mode, beam energy, spatial resolution, electron fluence, and sample thickness requirements, summarized in an informative table in the paper. In conclusion we should address the question of whether or not radiation damage to biological samples is still a pertinent issue in 2021. We believe it most certainly is since in the near future, even more researchers will come across the deleterious effects of the ever increasing X ray flux densities and electron fluences that are being used to image their samples. Studies to understand different aspects of the phenomena have had a significant impact on all fields where ionizing radiation interacts with biological matter and the community that has been established to investigate facts has greatly improved the veracity of the biological knowledge gained. This impact is not likely to decrease in the future and demonstrates the need for continuing work in the area. The broadening range of methods represented by the papers submitted in this special issue already reflects the heightened general interest of structure biologies and radiation damage effects. Note added in proof. During preparation of this proof, a radiation damage comparison study was published on two small molecule catalysis, which contain an iridium and anhuridium atom respectively. Exponentially the authors use X-ray diffraction, X-ray powder diffraction and X-ray photoelectron spectroscopy XPS, measurements to plot various radiation damage metrics against the absorbed dose. To knowledge for the first time, dose has been utilised for making X-ray photoelectron spectroscopy comparisons. The FT calculations were carried out to complement the observations. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please follow me on Twitter, reading, and suggest other articles you would like to listen to.